Bob Petenski. I'm here for the advertising hot seat. I'm replacing Jeremy Sunny, uh, who is the CEO of Daypart. And from pretty much now on, I'm taking over uh, here with my friend Nick Perkins. We're going to talk about uh, why I hate A-B testing and why he loves A-B testing and why he's absolutely wrong about it. Uh, Nick, <laughs> I'll let you introduce yourself. Yeah, thank you. I'm Nick Perkins. I'm a VP of Digital Operations over at the Digital Ring. We are a full-service boutique agency based in Madison, Wisconsin. I also help one of my friends' startups, Omnidia. It is an insure tech company. I'm the CMO over there, helping grow the thing. And I'm super stoked to be chatting with you today. A-B testing, it's a controversial subject because most of the time you don't have significant data to back up your claim. Most people optimize either towards clicks, towards a click-through rate, but again, it's not always statistically significant. Absolutely. I think working with a bunch of different clients, I get clients that usually fall in two different buckets. Number one, they want to test because it's something they know they should do. It's something their boss told them they should do. The other bucket is people who know they need to test because they need to get better performance. And that incremental improvement can help downstream, lower their CAC, increase their ROAS, and just make everyone's life better. Out of those, there's startups and the more established companies. I'll use Notion as an example. If you're a startup, if your boss tells you to A-B test, you have more urgent priorities than this. Because A-B testing, let's say, Notion have sufficient traction, have enough people visiting all your like important pages, your homepage, your pricing page. As a startup, if you're getting five big demos through your pricing page, it's not enough to have a good enough sample size. An average, let's say, your total market is, I'm pulling uh, numbers out of my hat. If you have sample size, a market of, let's say, 300,000, you need at least 300 conversions to optimize properly and know that A-B testated is actually significant. Yeah, Statsig is absolutely the number one thing that we need to be looking at when we're testing. If you're only bringing five people to your website, like that's not enough to tell you if book a free demo versus book a demo is going to be better. But the other thing is, there's probably so many other variables that are being tested on the ad side, on the organic side, their flow to get to that page has multiple different variables. And so what is the likelihood that one small change on the landing page is really the catalyst for making an improvement? It could be they've seen the ad 15 times, they've interacted with an email, and they're just more likely to convert at that period of time than the one word that we're changing inside the CTA is. Another hate crime that I see is, okay, let's direct traffic to our landing page, and then let's optimize it. But basic, uh, sorry, meta, they don't always direct the same quality of traffic to your landing page. That's why you need a higher sample size. We spoke about it before we started recording, and that was actually a very interesting conversation to any test higher up in the funnel, right? Yeah. So instead of testing something on the page, what if you started testing things that are higher up in the funnel, looking at where that traffic is coming from and isolating one individual source. So if you're using search ads, if you're using meta ads, using TikTok ads, just isolating one individual platform, isolating one individual thing that you can test, whether it's the CTA, whether it's a headline, whether it's the actual piece of creative, then trying to figure out which one has the best response rate, the best click-through rate, and then maybe the best conversion rate from that individual ad and incorporating some of those features or some of those value props into the landing page itself. Granted, all those traffic sources are going to be different. They're different audiences. There are different stages of the funnel in the buying journey. You can't isolate anything in that individual sector. You have to be a little bit more strategic with it and scientific with it. It's a mess. How I like to approach it is isolated as possible, as sciencey as possible. I geek out about it all the time. So one individual thing, if it's a specific word, 
or if it's a specific piece of creative on that image, is that driving a higher click through rate? If so, are those clicks more valuable on the landing page? I think there's also a difference between B2B and B2C. Like e-commerce, it's so much more simple to test things because exactly what's working when. But when we're talking about SaaS or startups, the waters are a lot more murky. Especially with B2B uh, SaaS uh, startups. Your ad, your creative can be the best thing ever. And you're going to have your typical sales team saying, we need more leads. Have you followed with the leads I sent you last month? Is your pitch actually good? You might say the quality of my ad is bad, but if we're having a very low CAC, a very healthy ROAS, then something else downstream in the funnel might not be working. I have a visceral reaction to bringing leads to sales teams because nine times out of 10, they're like, oh, the leads are shit. They're not coming in. And there's all of the different meme pages for sales. I think Corporate Bro is one of the best ones who make fun of marketing. Rightfully, there are a lot of marketers who don't know how to do the job. A lot of the leads that come through are pretty bad. But there is a separate process. That hand act process has to be clean and you have to be following up with those leads because if you're not, then it's all for naught. When you mentioned the whole leads thing, I'm like, mm, oof, that cuts deep. I've been in organizations before. I've worked with clients before. I've heard horror stories from friends who work in sales mm-hmm. just making fun of marketing because leads that come through are always what they're propped up to be. We're doing a complete like right turn and that's my fault. But it's also like the typical B2B SaaS playbook. Let's gate content. Let's collect those emails. And because we gated content, if somebody's downloading, that person must be 100% interested. You just want to know if your white paper is good enough. Most people are not going to read your white paper. A lot of marketing teams out there are still doing, let's gate that co- piece of content. Somebody downloaded, let's send that lead to sales. But person is at the beginning of your buying journey. Do you want to know more about company, what you're doing, it's not a lead. So it's normal that most sales team are complaining, hey, your leads are shit. They actually are. Going back yeah. to meta and uh, search, like uh, one way I actually optimize instead of going like down funnel, is like we mentioned earlier, I, I tested all my headlines, even though I prefer speaking with customers, getting better feedback into what they're looking for and how my messaging resonates. If you don't have enough customers yet, that's what I did before. Put out your headlines out there. And only start with the headlines and keep the same subheader like CTA. Very consistent. Test your headlines. The one that resonates the most, you use it. And then you optimize for the rest, the hero page, the subheader, and the CTA as well. Yeah. Do you do a spray and pray approach where you just do 10 different variations of whatever to see what sticks first? Or are you more methodical in it where you're testing one word versus another word or free versus not using the word free? I prefer being a spray and pray. Because what's the point of an A-B test if you're really testing for free versus not free? Let's say if you're spending, let's say, $500 on the ads to A-B test the word free versus not free, it's not going to be But if you test download the skip versus a viewer webinar using uh, two completely different examples, you can have a better understanding of what people are actually looking for, right? Yeah, I like that. Do you notice a difference between doing that on the B2B side versus the B2C side? I've been working more with B2B uh, lately. I've just been like dabbling with uh, B2C. And again, there's so much to do before even thinking about doing A-B tests. The other way you could do it is get feedback and use tools like, uh, let's say, Winter to get feedback from your target audience and then change your messaging. And again, you still need to A-B test your changes. And unless you're the notions of the world, that should not be done organically on your landing page because VWO, We'll tell you what you want to hear at the other day. They're going to skew a bit the metrics. But yeah, 
most of the time you have to go with your gut feel. I like that. I like that approach. I like doing the spray and pray approach, but I think that's why I like the discipline of A-B testing so much is because everyone has their own unique approach. And even though I'm cut and dry, I like to have a quadrant where it's two different variables against two different variables. You have four different ads. What I tell my team is, however you want to test it, do it. If you want to test an audience versus audience, copy versus copy, creative versus copy, creative versus creative, or mix and match all of them, there's no right or wrong approach. As long as you get that statistical significance and enough data to validate your hypothesis or validate what that gut feeling is, you're going to win for the client. Because if you can etch out 10% increase or improvement and click the right 10% increase in the conversion rate on the landing page, that's going to have huge downstream effects on that CAC and on that CPA. And it's, it could be because you're testing a black image versus a white image or a blue image versus a red image. Whatever the variable is, there is some data that can validate that story that you're telling yourself when you're like, I wonder if this would be a good test. One way they part that we actually optimize is we have a layer of AI that we built in-house to really A-B test and do incrementality tests, whether, hey, if we add a bit more uh, budget here and we test this other region, does this region perform better with the same exact creative, same exact targeting, this region perform better. Okay, we allocate a bit more budget to the region and we really have, and that's one thing I find fascinating, as much as I'm against A-B test in organic, in ads, you have no choice. Right? That way you know what creative is working better because you can have that one creative and it's your best creative like that you made ever. It has the insane conversion rates. But if you also split it with geography, right, it might perform better in small towns than big towns. Yeah, I love that. Do you ever get stuck in a trap of signal noise to where you have so many different variables or you're trying to isolate what's working, what's not? And if so, like, how do you overcome that? Usually when you get stuck in more into noises, because the stakeholder that really wants you to focus on like the cost of acquisition, but you also have to understand where your campaign is in terms of optimizing. If you just launch a campaign or let's say you have a fresh account, it's all noise. Like, especially with uh, Google ads, if you literally launch a new, new account, which, and you don't have the patience or the budget to get out of that learning phase, it's all going to be noise. And no matter how great you are at optimizing writing copy, until algorithm is a perfect for the type of client you need, it's mostly noise. That's the problem. Oh, how do you communicate that to the stakeholders? So a lot of times working in the agency, we have clients that say, I want to test all different things. I want to see what works best. A lot of times, none of the things work best. It's all flat across the board. And so communicating back to the stakeholder what a good test should be, what good results are, and whether or not we need more budget or more time can be difficult. How have you managed to circumnavigate that? You have to make people understand that there are two ways you can get your ads to be perfectly optimized. Time, money. You want your ad to be like performing best and have the perfect fit. And so that machine learning is like perfectly optimized for the type of client you're ready to open your wallet and put money towards that uh, testing, right? It's always those two, time or money. And the client really has to understand that if they're not patient, you can't perform miracles. Even if you A-B test the word book a call versus book a free call, if we're not patient, that's what happens. That's my sticking point with testing. That's the one reason why I hate A-B testing is because I don't have the patience to wait long enough, even though I know I have to. And so whenever a client asks me or if I'm asking my team, if I'm looking at an account myself and I don't see results, I get so frustrated. I'm like, all right, just calm down. 
wait a couple of weeks, see what happens. And then if something good happens, awesome. Something bad happens. The very worst thing is we learn something and we know that the thing that didn't work, we can strip from our landing pages, strip from our emails, strip from every other piece of marketing because our hypothesis wasn't correct. There's always value in even failed experiments. Yeah. We want results. We got very spoiled with the early days of yeah. Facebook where, you know, privacy, the good times of where GDPR didn't exist. And I want to target this person that just went to the bathroom. Okay. Facebook will do it. Facebook will find that person and will serve you the ad. And that's when we got really spoiled and we had insane conversions. Everything was open. Since that we're going more towards the privacy aspect. And the only good data that you might have is first-party data. It's hard. Really requires a lot of time and money. Yeah. They've also, they being the big platforms, Google, Meta, Twitter, whoever, they all have started changing their testing platforms internally too. So now you can load up 10 different descriptions, five different headlines on a search ad. You can load up the same thing on primary text and headlines on Facebook to see what works. And then Facebook does all the testing itself. Like there's no need to A-B test. Some people really like it. Others don't. I'm not a fan because I feel like you can't get the same results hidden behind that black box of information. But the tools they're rolling out to overcome the stripping away of all the data they used to have has been interesting. Google rolled out Performance Max, um, which is a whole other type, whole other inventory access. The problem with it is that it works, but we don't know why. And so there's multiple ways we can try to isolate either product categories, different creative, different headlines, different audience seeds to see what works, but it's extremely difficult. I think you're right. I don't think the platforms are incentivized to provide more data because they hold advertisers at their own will. They know you're going to spend because you have to acquire users some. Even Facebook, uh, one trend that I noticed, as much as sure it works, I hate it. The spray and pray approach for targeting. Before you choose your audience, choose their behaviors, which in a sense is also a bit predatory. Hey, I want people that just got married because people that got married, usually since they're on a high, they're more impulsive to buy. Or like when they did a big purchase, they, they bought a car, they bought a house. After buying that house, what's a $90 pair of sneakers? Now a friend told me that literally they don't even have targeting. Facebook figure it out and brought them their lowest hack. Again, same thing as performance. A black box, it's hard to optimize. Then you tr have to try to dig in the audience, try to see what converts, remove some of that audience to bring better performance. But again, at the end of the day, you're at the mercy of Facebook, you're at the mercy of Google, and you can't A-B test or significant conclusion. So like when stakeholders ask you, okay, why is it performing well? The only answer you can give is Google, I guess. Yeah, it's really tough. It's done a lot more difficult for agencies to validate their, their secret sauce of testing and testing different audiences because broad works so well. Not just at our agency, but I have friends who work at other agencies and everyone promotes broad because it works really well. So what we do is we'll have super narrow audience. We'll try to identify people who just got married, people who are engaged shoppers, people who are coffee enthusiasts, whatever it may be. We'll have a medium one or it's just like people who like watching TV. And then we'll have the broad no affinity just to get as many people in that funnel as possible. And surprise, surprise, Meta's algorithm works so well that broad nine times out of 10 works the best of all of those tests. One of the reasons it works so well, they know you have no choice but to spend on them. That's why most B2B SaaS companies will complain that, hey, 
We're spending too much money on Facebook, on Google. That's where the main acquisition engine is, right? On LinkedIn, you can get something solid, but be prepared to shell a lot of money out on Facebook. Load it up, put a, let's say a thousand, two thousand dollar budget if you want to be like really on the low end of things. You can actually get some decent leads from that. I'm not sure how the future, what the future will hold with these platforms because the more I see over time, the more expensive CPMs get, the less options there are for targeting or the less effective those options are. And so it comes down to, we have to test every single variable. We need to test all of the options that Facebook offers, whether it's Advantage Plus, it's different placements, it's different targeting options on top of the creative, on top of the copy, on top of the CTAs to really isolate something that works. And then we get into signal noise, which we talked about earlier. And then we get into, we didn't spend enough. There's not enough time, which is why I'm such a fan because there's so many variables. There's so many levers you can pull to really whittle down on one individual thing. But at the end of the day, be strategic with it. So I'm not sure if you've convinced me that A-B testing is bad. The whole takeaway, A-B testing is bad for organic. Because most of the time when I dealt with the B2B companies, a lot of A-B testing was done on the organic side of things but they had not enough traffic, not enough momentum to justify that A-B testing when they could allocate it so much more time and effort elsewhere versus A-B testing on your ads. And that's going to be 10 times more effective. No, I'm with you there. There's, It's really tough with organic. I think as a discipline, you have to be A-B testing. You have to be testing to make things better, but you have to take in mind how much traffic you're getting. You have to take in mind what the stakeholders, who they are and what they're expecting. And you have to do some level setting and some expectation setting. So going to the stakeholder and saying, it's not worth us testing this. It's not worth us testing this landing page with this traffic source, but it's a good idea to test it in our email. And then maybe it's just like diverting their attention to another channel, another platform. On the flip side, if you're getting a ton of traffic, HubSpot is great at this. HubSpot tests their pricing. They test their messaging. They test their landing pages all of the time because they get so much traffic. Like they come up organic for everything. So they can do it. They have the bandwidth to do it and they have devoted marketing managers who, who I would assume test all of these variables on individual landing pages. But if you're in a startup who is trying to grow, you're trying to manage revenue in, revenue out, like you got to be a little bit more tight knit with where you're focusing your attention because yeah, testing a landing page might not be the best use of anyone's time. I feel like this is a good place to end the show for this time. Might have been around. I'm still a hater at the end. So this has been the end of the advertising hot seat where I might have been wrong. We'll let you decide if I'm wrong or not. Nick, where uh, should people follow you? You can find me on LinkedIn. Really, the best way to get in touch with me is go to thedigitalring.com. Find us there. We are a full-service boutique agency. We do all things for startups, mid-sized businesses, and enterprise clients as well. Wonderful. As all, again, it's always been a pleasure uh, chatting with you. Awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate it.